I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. Hello, business artists and art entrepreneurs. Welcome back to The Artist Business Plan. My name is James Milley, and I am the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States. As you probably know, we're also the top online business resource for all things art, artists, and marketing of art. Today, I've got some exciting news to share with you about this very podcast. You are now among over 5,000 unique listeners to the Artist Business Plan every month. And what's even more exciting, you are tuning in from all over the world, over 70 countries and growing every week. We genuinely love connecting with you and providing support and guidance to artists and professionals around the world, but we need your help to make us the number one art business podcast out there. After you listen to this episode with the amazing Nat Gersberger, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred listening platform. That helps business-minded artists just like you find the artist business plan and benefit from our and our guests' amazing advice and perspective. All right, so now to the fun part. We are here today with Nat Gersberger. Nat Gersberger is a Swiss Brooklyn-based artist who creates visual art interpreting the unseen, a realm that includes the personal inner world, music, and the collective psyche. She fluidly moves between forms of expression, such as collage, installation, digital illustration, and more. From her Brooklyn studio, she creates for clients such as Universal Music Group, Google, Michaels, and Ulta Beauty. Her work has appeared in such publications as Vogue, The Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, and White Hot Magazine, and has been exhibited at venues such as Yale University, The Storefront Project, Showfields, and Subliminal Projects. In addition to working on commissions, Nat is currently in the process of releasing her artist edition tarot deck with an international publisher. Welcome to the show, Nat. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, before we get started, Nat, uh, I want to ask you something to help our audience get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? And when did you realize you'd be dedicating your life to art? Okay. um, It's funny because my earliest memory that I have in general is is kind of of art. Because I remember being, it's funny, I remember details like having this like really fleecy jacket on and being (laughs) on this like platform that felt like a stage to me (laughs) with like drawing. Um, And just, it it was this whole, like, it felt like this like theater moment for me. So it's kind of funny. Um, You know, it is my earliest memory, but also my earliest memory of art. And, And it was like, I had like a, I have had a bunch of charcoal and was like drawing something. Um, that's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I kind of love that. I love that you weren't introduced to art at some other point in your life. It's just, it's the first thing that you remember. I mean, I think that uh, you can kind of see that in just the way that you approach life. Uh, there's so much positivity and art truly is everything about what you do. So I, I, I love that. That makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's funny to like, 
put together the pieces, you know, over time where it's like, oh, that, that it does make sense <laughs> that that would be my earliest memory. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that's such an amazing story. Thank you, Nat. Um, and let's go ahead and dive into the rest of our questions. Uh, so, Nat, you center your artistic process around collage. And we know that you studied film and visual communication at NYU, which is such an awesome focus for an artist, you know, kind of combining, communicating with visuals. Uh, what a better pair, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, there's no better way to, to combine them. Um, what drew you to this process and how did your education contribute to your stylistic evolution, so to speak? Um, yeah, so I kind of entered NYU knowing that I was really interested in forging my own path of creativity. I, I attended a program that let me kind of make my own major, um, which ended up being film and visual communication. But to me, NYU was mostly a place to experiment and to really learn that I'm inherently creative and can use that creativity. And I was studying kind of the properties of creativity, so to speak. So like my thesis was about creativity as a force that wants to be expressed through us. Um, so I was really curious about like what's going on underneath and the psyche and how we can kind of access its potential and its creativity. Um, and I feel like I, I studied that because I felt it on an intuitive level, but needed to kind of put words to it to give myself validation and agency, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so my whole education wasn't very focused on a specific medium. I kind of played with a lot of different visual mediums and um, let myself kind of just play um, without directing it too, too much. Um, I did lean into surrealism um, at one point, or, you know, actually kind of from the beginning, that was always something that fascinated me. But then I feel like my actual stylistic evolution kind of happened when I got into yoga and interested in meditation and therapy, um, which was then helping me to just really focus my own creative energy that I already knew was there. Um, and yeah, then I really leaned into collage that felt like the natural kind of medium of the psyche for me. Um, it felt really similar on a lot of levels to what um, I had learned technically about the psyche and, and kind of the inner world. Um, and then through yoga and meditation, I think I put that into practice and then it came really easily visually um, through collage. Um, it was kind of a natural process. That makes sense. It actually makes perfect sense. Uh, anyone out there, if you haven't seen Nat's work, definitely check it out. Um, I've never thought of collage as being kind of this this uh reflection of the psyche but it makes sense because you're you're taking all of these external stimuli that you see and then you put them together into something that sort of translates into your own interpretation of it i mean that makes perfect sense with, with yeah. you know, what the psyche does uh on a subconscious and level um i also really like what you said about studying creativity and just taking a moment to pause and instead of making art because you, you just already are and you're, you're not exactly thinking about why exactly you do it, but, you know, taking a moment and thinking like, why would someone, uh, why would someone take this path to, to, you know, just make something that's visual and beautiful and thought provoking 
um, and and thinking about that creativity and, and what you're trying to get out. So I I, uh, I love <laughs> that you bring that up. That's that's super interesting. I feel like because I'm I'm I am quite left right brain. Um, <laughs> you know, I have kind of a combination of the two. So I think I need it to like have the theory and understand that it's okay uh, to justify for myself to be an artist because um, I don't know, you know, my family, they're not all typical artists. So for me, it was like, I could go to law school maybe, or I could, you know, understand creativity as, as something that feels more rational in a way. And then now <laughs> I'm totally leaning in, into the ir- irrational, but I think that's how I, I felt comfortable starting. I mean, it, that, that also makes sense, I would say. Um, and again, if you have not seen Nat's work or, you know, familiarize yourself with everything that she's done, I mean, Nat, you were so, like, you, you just, like, take your art by the horns and you've done so much with it. And every time you have a new project that I'm, I'm seeing, I, I get excited and I, I, I think that, you know, you're just, you're so on top of everything. <laughs> so it's... Uh, Thank you. It's, it's, and right uh, back at you. Yeah, it's very admirable. Um, uh, and I do have, you know I love your work. Uh, so. thank you. um, and I do have a few questions uh, that we'll get to in a bit, kind of talking a little more about the business side of your art and you know how you've you know taken yourself certain places. But um, my next question for you, uh, let's let's call it something in between. So you obviously have an eye for design, Matt. Um, you also do production design for various film projects. Um, what would you say motivated you to get involved in film in addition to uh, your art practice uh, with the collage and, and the other media you mentioned? Yeah, so as you mentioned really early, like to me, art is kind of something that, you know, is in all the aspects of my life. And it's always kind of been that way. So growing up, I was <laughs> really particular, <laughs> I should say, about like designing my own spaces in my house and I think it was really, really annoying to my parents because I wouldn't like want to be in a room unless the wall had a certain color. Um, so I just felt really naturally drawn to express myself in that way. And and it, in film, like when I started getting involved in film, that, that was kind of an intuitive process. But I, I realized that I could take that and make it really creative and, and do production design in a way that honored my love for design, but also like my imagination. Um, and what's really cool about film for me is that I get to apply like a lot of skills. Like I like to produce something. I like to organize things or like, I love New York and I, I source a lot of things all over New York and have to kind of know the city for it. Um, but then also that more intuitive aspects of just aesthetics and um, what looks good. So it, it, it felt like a natural um, strength for me to combine those things. And then I, I kind of fell into it, to be honest, because I just was always asked. I mean, I took some film classes, but I, I ended up just being asked to design friends projects and, and do the setting. And um, then it kind of, it, it became my first job after college was production designing a feature film and and after that I, I had that credit so I just kept going with it but I don't I don't do it full time because I see it as a really nice balance to my art commissions um it is definitely like physically taxing because you're standing on your feet for 12 and a half plus hours every day and then add travel so 
So for me, it's like a nice balance to immerse myself in a project like that, but then be back in my studio alone, like doing my thing. Um, so yeah, feels good. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this recently on one of the other um, podcast episodes that, um, that we recorded. I would definitely encourage any artist out there who is, uh, you know, really focused on, on one path for their career. And it doesn't have to be film, just, you know, something that is maybe um, helping you apply other skills that you have and, and just sort of round out exactly what you're doing. Um, you know, try working with a different medium or, you know, try, try just doing something that gets you off of your path a little bit. Um, and then once you get back onto, you know, the main path that you're focusing on, it'll give you more perspective and it'll, you know, kind of help you. Lost it, right? Like, yeah. cause I, I, I believe in everything kind of coming full circle. And, and I feel like a lot of the things I experience while doing something completely different than really relates to what I'll do later, or I'll meet somebody that then it becomes important in a different capacity. So I really do believe that every experience like adds to the next. Um, so I think it's good to stay open-minded and not be so locked in to mm -hmm. one medium or one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if at the end of it, it's just sort of, you know, a fun project to, to like, you know, uh, what, you know, flex your muscles in, in a different, uh, you know, arena, that's great. But also, like you said, I mean, even if you, you, you know, if you're, uh, let's say you're a painter, let's say, and you're so focused on that one path as a painter, well, opening yourself up to a different path might actually give you opportunities back in that main painter path. Um, exactly. versus, and also inspire you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th I think, you know, kind of wearing different hats and uh, uh, breaking free of, because when you're, you're trying to be creative, right, and you're, you're following this one path, it can become very easy to get so comfortable in that, that you're, you're not, uh, you know, working on your creativity as much. Exactly. As yeah. And I think as creatives too, we're kind of aching to be uncomfortable because we're always learning something new from that. And like, get new inspiration from that so i think it's really important to put yourself in those in those situations almost you know artists always make yourself at least a little uncomfortable not too uncomfortable yes. but a little <laughs> <laughs> i i love that thank you nat <laughs> um cool so nat uh i want to shift gears a little bit so your instagram it's so beautifully curated uh, I get jealous every time I look at it. Uh, oh, yours is gorgeous. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is beautifully curated, though. Um, so, Nat, do you see your Instagram and social media as an ex uh, like as an extension of your art making practice, um, or as a marketing tool, or both? What What would you say there? Yeah, both, both for sure. Um, so, in terms of it being part of my art making practice, it definitely has helped me kind of accountable in terms of continuing to create and just having a kind of consistent style and output because that's kind of what, you know, an Instagram feed, for example, needs. Um, and also it's become like easier to know, oh, I should make something new. I need to post something new. Um, and it's also kind of allowed me to write about, you know, my work in a different way because if if you see my work in a gallery it's different in terms of you can't actually know what i thought 
behind it unless I'm there or or there's a description. But I I really love that about Instagram and social media in general that it makes you kind of um, zoom out and and say things about the work. Um, so in that sense, it's specified by art, I would say. But then at the same time, for me, um, it's like a huge marketing opportunity. And I think it's amazing how social media has opened those up to artists because um, we don't necessarily need gallery representation or agents anymore to make our work seen. We can be our own marketers. And I find that really, really empowering. Um, so it kind of... For me, it, it felt natural because I've, I've been always kind of independent and wanted to take charge of my own life and career. So to have the control over the social media and kind of direct how I want to present my work has been, um, yeah, a really empowering tool. Um, and, you know, it opens doors too. I, I find it really incredible how like most of my collaborations are coming from that, from, from social media. and and sometimes you wouldn't have access to a big brand via email because they would just not look at your email. But if they see your work on social, it's a different story. So I think it's really cool to have that kind of online portfolio. Absolutely. And, you know, again, kind of going back to a similar theme here uh, for artists out there, you know, take a moment to pause and ask yourself why. Why is it that you're creating your art? Why is it that you're taking the time to post on social media? And I think that those are such clear reasons to do so with with Instagram. Um, You know, just being able to use the platform as a way to look at kind of the, the, you know, the history, so to speak, of, of your art making practice. You know, you're able to see how your style is maybe you know, evolving over time, but it's staying consistent and you can make it stronger in that way. Um, and you know, even if, you know, it's, it's not the be all end all, I think that once you start, um, uh, like getting stressed out over, Oh my God, I have to post something on social media. That's maybe, yeah, (laughs) it's maybe a moment to pause and, uh, you know, maybe take a break from it. Um, yeah, I mean, I post a lot less than I used to. I used to stress myself out a lot. And now I'm just kind of like, hey, can I actually like, just connect with the people that are already following me and, and just like put out content that feels really authentic. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't have to stress myself out over it. Because um, it's just me, I'm just giving me, you know, right, right. But at the same time, I, I do really like that it kind of creates a bit of accountability. You know, it's like, you know, you'll notice if it starts to, you know, you haven't posted something recently, yeah. which just kind of reflects like, oh, maybe it's time to get back in the studio or, you know, exactly. I, I'm, I'm halfway through that piece. Let me finish it. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a bit of uh, self-motivation, self-coaching, um, which I think is, is really great. And then uh, on the flip side of that, what you're saying about the marketing, uh, just it being this thing that can empower an artist to take their career into their own hands. Uh, I would definitely say that social media has completely changed the game in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very cool. Um, so Nat, you know, I, as, as, if it's not already apparent to anyone listening out there, I am one of your, your followers. Uh, and uh, I really love seeing some of the, the strategies and, and the tools that you're taking advantage of on Instagram. Um, so what would you say for artists listening out there? What are some of the mess? Uh, what are some of the methods that you use for planning your Instagram strategy? So first, like a really general one is that I've used social media as part of my workday and I make time for it in my schedule. And it's like, 
it's a lot easier to not get stressed out and annoyed over social media if you're like, this is part of my my day. Um, so then I would also suggest kind of studying social media. I feel like I've done that and like really kind of turned it into part of my skill set, if that makes sense. Understanding like how it works, what works best on it, how other artists use it. Um, so really part of it is just doing the research and observing what works and kind of evolve with it too. Like for example, right now, video is really like a up and coming thing on social media. I mean, it's always, video has always been there, right? With YouTube and everything, but we have reels now on Instagram and there's TikTok, like just to evolve with those trends and, and then also see them as an opportunity to kind of make, creative work as an artist especially like you're so creative you can use video as just another thing that you um share your creativity with um but then i think yeah as i mentioned before like now i'm not as strategic as i used to be with with social media mostly because i want to kind of connect with the community that's already there um for my account and just trying to really be authentic and inspiring others and, and sharing my kind of meaningful or my message that is meaningful to me. And I think if, if you stay consistent in, in being your authentic self, then it's a lot easier to create and share. Um, so I've been, I've been a little bit less rigid in that way. And I'm not like trying to track hashtags, even though, you know, that's great. And I used to do that to grow my account back in the day, but now I, I I'm really, more concerned about providing value to my already existing community and, and just connecting to them and, and empowering them to tap into their own like creativity because then that will also inspire them to want to stay connected if, if you know I inspire them um, and I help them like access their potential so um, it's really about connection I would say yes and uh, yeah. Nat, you are one of the most inspiring people I know so uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yes, definitely. I, I would say if there's one topic that's kind of been recurring on the podcast, it's being authentic. Um, mm. And I think taking that moment to pull pull off the, the, the gas pedal a bit on your Instagram mm. and just, you know, really think about what it's about. And it's about sharing and it's about connecting with other people um, is going to be the thing that ultimately gets you to where you want to be. Um, and, you know, helps you achieve the things that you're trying to with the platform. Uh, and everything else is exhausting too. Like yeah. <laughs> you have to put in so much work to be someone other than yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like it comes so much easier to just do you. Right. And I mean, you could be so strict about it. You could be like, okay, I'm going to post something every single day, but. And if, I used to be like that actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I used to be. And you know, it's good maybe to grow your account in the beginning, but I also think that like we get so lost in these, like someone I follow calls it vanity metrics of like, oh, how many likes, how many followers? And it's it's really not about that because a lot of the, like a lot of big opportunities I got, I got when I had not a lot of followers. So it's not about like always growing more. It's just about connecting to who's already there, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, yeah, just, pausing and saying, you know, what is the the reason? Why am I exactly caring about this? Why am I taking the time to do it? And if it is a matter of likes or number of followers, I mean, that isn't equating to exactly what it is 
that you are wanting to achieve with it. And like you said, it, you know, if you receive an opportunity that is ultimately why, why you're using the platform, regardless of how many likes that you've gotten on that piece or on that, that post, uh, you know, that's sort of the reason behind it. And I've, I've seen that with my own page as well. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes uh, photos that get fewer likes end up being one where someone reaches out and says, hey, you know, yeah. I'd like to buy a print of this and that's really exciting. And then sometimes the, the photo that gets the most likes that I've gotten in a really long time is, you know, I, I don't actually, I don't sell any prints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just, you I know, think it's also the algorithm. Like they want you to, keep posting so therefore they're going to make it unpredictable like when people are actually going to see your post you know so it's i don't think it says anything about a specific piece how many likes you get on something because it's just that's what they want you to believe is like right yeah and it's yeah and again it's just you know it's it's ultimately easier to not be stressing about it and just doing what feels right um, yeah, and just just having fun with it and and connecting with people, I think is the <laughs> the, the takeaway. Um, cool, awesome. Um, well, Nat, next question I have for you. Um, like I mentioned in the bio at the beginning, so you know we were tuned into your recent curatorial project at Showfields, and I was actually part of it, uh, which was yeah. very exciting. Um, so, Nat, how did you get involved with Showfields initially, and then taking that a little more broadly? What is your method for finding avenues for your work? You know, new uh, companies to to partner with, or you know, any anything like that. Yeah, so I actually had a friend who was working as an actor at Showfields at the time. So she introduced me to that brand, and I was like, mm, "This feels really tailor made for you know artists in New York because there were like large scale installations, and they're supporting." artists and and she also told me that the head curator knew of my work through social media actually and knowing that i i went to an event and talked to tam and then <laughs> sent her kind of a grateful um uh, tam is the head curator i should as she mentioned but um i sent her a really flagrant email where i was like i think we should work together and <laughs> we both will benefit from that <laughs> So she ended up putting a lot of trust in me and I, I put on a three story installation where I had, where I made like 10,000 handmade light bulbs, which is absolutely crazy and had like six giant art pieces that they commissioned. Um, so yeah, it just ended up working out really well. Um, I did used to do a lot of like cold outreach to brands, but now coming back to my point of kind of connection, it's the same thing. I, even if you don't have a physical connection, like I did like a person that can introduce you to someone, like I, I try to figure out like, do I have something in common with the person that I want to reach out to or with a venue that I want to show at? Um, and, and can I lean into that connection and, and kind of highlight it to them without me having to like convince them so much? Oh, I'd be a great fit. So, so it's just like actually genuinely like being interested in a brand or a venue and, and, and knowing that, um, that you're a good fit in a way. And then it's a lot easier to reach out with that in mind. Um, yeah. And I, I do again, think social is a really great tool for it because you can connect with a venue through social and kind of get them used to your name by like leaving meaningful comments or, you know, talking to them through social media and then they already 
know who you are a bit and they might see your work and then when you reach out to them um for collaboration it's it's less like oh who's this person so right. um i think those would be my my methods <laughs> yes no and and i think that's really valuable advice for artists listening um and it goes back to what you were saying before right i mean with social media it can create opportunities just by you you know interacting with people and being active on it so instead of you know going around and and, and it's exhausting to reach out to people with like cold yeah. messages it's discouraging when you're sending these long things and you're like hi this is my work take a look i would love to yeah it's, yeah so skip that <laughs> don't bother for just first like you know kind of get the wheels turning connect with people it doesn't have to be social media it can be in person too but if you mm-hmm. live somewhere that isn't near where you'd like to exhibit, um, you can use social media as a way to connect with people from far away. Um, also in COVID times, right? In COVID times as well. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, just use it as a way to, to kind of get the conversation started. And then once you've connected with someone, then reach out and say, you know, hey, you know, we've been kind of on each other's social media for, you know, a few weeks now or a couple months now, whatever it is. And I love what you do. Um, I, I think it'd be great to work together. Something like that. Yeah. And actually maybe having something to mention that they did that you were really inspired by and actually genuinely knowing like what they've done in the past or what they're about instead of just, you know, I feel like I used to reach out to venues just being like, oh, I love your work. But I'm like, I don't actually know what their work is, you know? So it requires a little bit more time and dedication, but I think it it is really powerful if you you have actual interest and it's also better collaboration. Right. And again, you know, going back to authenticity, um, if, (laughs) if, um, you know, you've taken the time to interact with them, probably by the time that you are reaching out, even if it is something that, you know, it, it ultimately does benefit you, it should, um, there's, you know, that's a good thing, but also you probably will be genuinely interested in what they're doing at that point because you exactly. have been engaging with them. So, you know, it's, it's less of, um, you know, like a canned outreach where you're saying like, hi, I love your, hmm, let me think of something to say. I love <laughs> the last project that you did. and actually you'll just genuinely be engaged in what they're doing um that'll that'll get you so much further and it's ultimately so much easier <laughs> exactly yeah cool <laughs> um well now we are getting close to the end but uh this has really been amazing and we like to wrap it up by asking what is one more word of advice that you would have for an artist who is currently leveling up their business plan so Maybe this one's a little bit more like spiritual almost, but for me, it's about making decisions that align with your purpose. So kind of deciding, oh, like, this is what I want to do. This is why I create art and knowing your why. And then deciding that you're going to choose that and and that, you know, everything else will kind of have to mold itself to that purpose. Um, and I think um, that like it, does help in the decision making of like oh am i going to go out and party tonight or am i going to be like creating content for social media making art reaching out like it just makes it a lot easier to then have priorities i would say um and it also helps to kind of push through 
any lows that you might be experiencing. Like not too long ago, I was kind of ready to quit, to be honest. Um, and I was like, this is so hard. I've been doing this for so many years. Nothing's really catching. Like, I feel like I'm still doing these like small things. And, um, I think that was the moment where I was like, no, I'm deciding to roll with what I believe is my purpose in this moment. And, um, that's when things started to turn around. And I think that's like often the case for artists. We get to a point where it gets so hard, but we just need to push a little bit farther at that point. And then, then that's when things, um, when you get kind of closer to what you're meant to do and it's, it, it just gets tested in that way. So I would just recommend to, to keep going even when things seem hard, I guess. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I told you, you're one of the most inspiring people I know. Um, oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Uh, artists make decisions that align with your purpose. Uh, and then you're going to reach the places that you want. Even if you're right now, you're not quite there yet. Just keep moving forward and, you know, think about how could I tweak exactly the decisions I'm making to, you know, get myself a little closer to where I'm, I'm getting. And then it's, it might not be as far away as you think. So Nat, that is, Wonderful. I love this quote. Can I share a quote? I, yes, I don't absolutely. Know if I actually know, but it's it's from The Alchemist, and it says that the darkest hour is just before dawn, and I think that real rings really true for me with like creative careers. Like it's always like really tough until it gets good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking literally, I actually had to uh, I had to take the train back to New York City recently and I had to get up at 4 a.m. to do it and I was biking uh, before the sun came up and it was really dark. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the sun came up. So it's, it's, it's so true. And I took that literally. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, also metaphorically, the darkest hour is just before the dawn and, <laughs> you know, just keep, push through that darkest moment and then you're going to reach the light. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Man. Um, all right. to the alchemist. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All. <laughs> Great book. <laughs> well, um, to all of you business artists out there, Nat has been here with us sharing her amazing perspective and you're going to want to go back, take notes, follow Nat. Uh, I recommend it. I love following Nat. Um, you can listen to this episode and all of our past podcasts on our website at www.superfine.world. Uh, and if you do want to connect with Nat, you can follow her at Nat Gersberger on Instagram and also visit www.natgersberger.com. Both of those will be in the show notes. Uh, as always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. Uh, we always appreciate a share whenever you're listening to or enjoying the artist business plan. Uh, we are really excited about our upcoming fair schedule as well, which does include in-person shows in Seattle, D.C., New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and even Miami Beach. We are coming back uh, in 2022. So to find out more about how to apply and exhibit with Superfine, drop us a line at artistsmakingmoney@superfine.world, and one of our team will get right back to you. Uh, you can also visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art to learn more about the value that we offer artists just like yourselves. 
And once again, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform that you listen to the Artist Business Plan. Uh, Those ratings and reviews are so, so critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs just like yourselves find us. And of course, we love reading your amazing comments as well. Uh, As always, I would like to end the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Um, although I also love the quote from The Alchemist. Um, My quote is, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And that is by Peter Drucker. Nat, thank you once again. It has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And thank you for sharing your perspective with our audience. For that, we are so grateful. Everyone, have an awesome rest of your day and remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world. Yeah.